You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good If you're resident, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first. Very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Sarrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a baby? What's crack a lackin'? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Winter Johnston. The House is preparing for another week of witness testimony as it continues to investigate President Trump's dealings with Ukraine. On his way to New York City yesterday, Trump once again slammed the investigation, insisting he did nothing wrong. I'm at the highest level I've ever been at, but the Republicans have never been this unified. Trump is accused of using military aid as leverage to press Ukraine to investigate political rival Joe Biden. The House voted last week to formalize the ground rules for the next phase of the inquiry, which will include public hearings and the opportunity to cross-examine witnesses. A federal judge in Oregon is temporarily blocking a Trump administration rule requiring prospective immigrants to prove that they would have health insurance before applying for visas. Oregon Public Broadcasting's Conrad Wilson reports it would have banned migrants who can't pay for their own health care within 30 days of entering the U.S. The rule was blocked by U.S. District Court Judge Michael Simon after a Saturday hearing in federal court in downtown Portland. Stephen Manning is the executive director of the Innovation Law Lab, one of the groups that challenged the proclamation. He said it was an effort by the Trump administration to end the United States' long-standing family-based immigration system, something Trump has criticized. The approved types of health insurance under the proclamation were either legally impossible to get or practically meaningless. In their lawsuit, Manning and others note the immigrants affected would be largely non-white, 
mostly affecting people from Africa, Asia, and Latin America. The proclamation was signed by President Trump on October 4th. For NPR News, I'm Conrad Wilson in Portland. Firefighters in Southern California are allowing some residents to return home as crews continue to make progress against the Maria fire. It's about 30% contained. In Northern California, the Kincaid fire is more than 70% under control after destroying more than 350 structures. The Financial Authority in Saudi Arabia has given the go-ahead for the initial public offering of the state-owned oil company Aramco. The BBC's Katie Prescott reports it's part of the Saudi prince's efforts to modernize the kingdom's economy. It's all part of his strategy to diversify the economy away from oil and gas, but also I think it's a way of showcasing Saudi Arabia on the global stage. And it's interesting they've chosen to initially list the shares in Riyadh, because that will bring foreign investors who want to buy a piece of Aramco into Saudi Arabia probably for the first time. And it's also really changed the company's strategy. A few years ago, we didn't get accounts for Saudi Aramco. Nobody really knew how the company was faring. And over the last year, that's noticeably changed. The BBC's Katie Prescott reporting the state-run oil giant is the world's most profitable company. You're listening to NPR News from Washington. Coming up next on the serious side. Oh, did you hear? Beto, Beto, did you hear? Beto. Oh, that poor bastard. Well, poor pathetic guy. He was pathetic. Remember the arms are flailing. Remember that? You know, he ran against Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz won. He spent almost $100 million. And Ted Cruz and I helped Ted, and we campaigned together, and it was good. But I used to watch him. Then when he came onto the really big stage, this crazy stage, I noticed he was flailing with the arms and he was standing on tables. He was standing on countertops. I said, does he ever like stand on the floor and speak? Leading in Iowa, Elizabeth Warren is today putting a price tag on Medicare for all. Twenty and a half trillion dollars in new spending over 10 years. Paid for by taxing billionaires and big business. I have a plan that shows how we can have Medicare for all without raising taxes one cent. You know, this, this idea of purity and you're never compromised and you're always politically woke and all that stuff, I, you should get over that quickly. The world, the world is messy. There are ambiguities. People who do really good stuff have flaws. People who you are fighting may love their kids. And, you know, share certain things with you. And, and, and I think that one danger I see among young people, particularly on college campuses, Malia and I talk about this. Yara goes to school with my daughter. Um, 
but I do get a sense sometimes now among certain young people, and this is accelerated by social media, there is this sense sometimes of the way of me making change is to be as judgmental as possible about other people. And that's enough. Like if I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right or used the word wrong verb or then I can sit back and feel pretty good about myself because man you see how woke I was I called you out <laughs> again this is a solemn occasion nobody I doubt anybody in this place or anybody that you know comes to Congress to take the oath of office comes to Congress to impeach the President of the United States unless his actions are jeopardizing our honoring our oath of office. So I'm grateful to our committee chairs for all of the careful and thoughtful investigation they have been doing as this inquiry has proceeded. And today, the House takes the next step forward as we establish the procedures for open hearings conducted by the House Intelligence Committee so that the public can see the facts for themselves. We just had a vote on the floor. In March of this year, Speaker Pelosi said this about impeachment. Impeachment is so divisive to the country that unless there's something so compelling and overwhelming and bipartisan, I don't think we should go down that path because it divides the country. Today, the country just witnessed the only bipartisan vote on that floor was against. The question to the speaker are the same questions I provided in a letter about the unfair process that we had. What has changed since March? In all the hearings, there's nothing compelling, nothing overwhelming. So the speaker should follow her own words on what bipartisan vote on that floor and in the sham that has been putting this country through this nightmare. Welcome to the serious side of the Jay Wilde Show with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, Jay Wilde. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is uh, November 3rd, first weekend of November, and it's time to get into the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio, and it's best. Like the man said, I'm your host, Jay Rouse. It's a pleasure to be here with you as always, but, uh, you know, I never should have stayed by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the best in the business. First up, she's back from her just, uh, should I say, globetrotting all over the continental United States, enjoying retirement. She's here to give you that uh, special Southern twain on things, and so let's bring in my big sis, Vanessa. What's going on, Vanessa? How are you doing this morning? Good morning. Good morning. I just love you, Jay. Good to be here this morning. Had a rough night. Rough night in Houston, Texas, but it was a great night. Jay, what were you? Wow. 
Oh, I didn't know Minnie Mouse had bad days. We'll talk about that a little later on. Welcome into the show. Thank you so much. <laughs> and the man who was absent last week, he had what we called an authorized absence because he was doing something that was way more important than this show, celebrating his anniversary with his lovely wife and family. Let's welcome back the educated brother himself, the one and only Mr. Johnny D. What's going on, man, and happy anniversary. Good morning, good morning, and, and thank you very much for recognizing uh, the young lady in my life. I'm, I'm just grateful that you had an opportunity to meet a brother um, that meant a great deal to me, and now she finally Absolutely. understands how I, I became such a uh, honorable person in knowing you. But nevertheless, uh, I'm glad to be here. Uh, Miss Vanessa, welcome back. Mr. Um, Les, and happy uh, Jerome, anniversary looking forward to, you. to the dialogue. Well, thank you, ma'am. Thank you, definitely. And uh, looking forward to the show. Like I said, a lot have gone on since uh, I last had an opportunity to come on the airways. Thank those individuals who allow us to come into their homes each week and dialogue and exchange positive and also critical dialogue back and forth. So, again, just looking forward to being able to inform, educate, and enlighten not only myself and, and listening to you all, but then also um, the, 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 the listening audience. Absolutely well said, brother. The man that really runs everything around here, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, Mr. Elias. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Vanessa. Mwah. And and Hulk, man, happy birthday to you and your lovely wife, man. Anniversary, Mr. Elias. Thank you, good I sir. I said happy anniversary Thank to you and your lovely wife. Yeah, anniversary. Yeah, I, 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 I knew birthday. exactly what you meant, brother, and I appreciate oh, that. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to oh, be good. Uh, but, yeah, you can have plenty of time to do that. But, yeah, appreciate you as always. Mr. Jerome Esprit, the smartest man in the world, usually joins us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio. So until he gets in here, we hold it down. The number is 347-850-1272. Once again, I hope you guys are having a great Sunday. If you're joining us before worship or directly after worship or on your way to and from worship, we appreciate you being a part of this morning's festivities. Speaking of the docket this morning, let's talk about it. We have a lot of things to talk about, but in the Trump, in the world of Trump, you don't have enough time, so we have to pick the three best and try to have a conversation about those for the next two hours. First up, bye-bye Beto, the Democratic presidential candidate Beto O'Rourke has dropped out of the presidential race. How does this affect the rest of the field? And will there be, who will be the next person to drop out? And, you know, what about Elizabeth Warren? You're Warren. She's uh, a lot of polls showing that she is uh, the front runner. We'll talk about that coming up next. Obama is not woke. This week, President Obama warned Democrats on attacking other liberals for not being woke enough. How do you think these comments, what type of effect will they have on the extreme left of the party? Because I know he's referring to that Twitter base that's out there. And last but certainly not least, let the hearings begin. This week, the House of Representatives voted to begin impeachment proceedings against President Donald Trump. So what happens now? Is this thing real? What do you guys think? We'll have that conversation coming up in about 90 minutes or so. Once again, 347-850-1272 is the call-in number. All right, Beto O'Rourke has stepped out of the flame field. He said, hey, I just can't get it. I can't get in here. I can't get any uh, footing. You know, this is a big, 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 big field of Democrats, and so it's time for me to say adios. Ms. Elias, what does this mean for the party, man? Does this send signals or shockwaves to the party? Or 
the fact that, uh, well, for the field, for the party of the field, Beto O'Rourke. Beto O'Rourke put up a very, very strong fight against uh, Ted Cruz here in the state of Texas and came close in defeating him. But like they say, man, close only counts in horseshoes. So the bottom line is, if you're not in first place, you're in last place. So, yeah, he spent a lot of money in that campaign, but he came up short. But people thought because of the fact that he had that momentum, people urged him, including President Obama, to run for office, and a lot of former Obama staff folks were on his staff. So what happened? Why didn't it take flight? Why didn't he catch fire? Why didn't? Why weren't people impressed with him standing on, you know, counters and really preaching this message in his uh, khaki pants and blue shirt? Uh, you know something, Jay. People, uh, to me, they want to hear a message of. Uh, uh, to of, of what was going on, and, and Bay Rourke had a message, but he didn't have the right message to 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 what do you mean by that? different people, man. Well, you know, what do you mean Elizabeth by what Warren, what's going on? Well, well, Elizabeth Warren excites me because Elizabeth Warren has a plan. She she has a plan. She has a definite plan for everything. So that's what excites me. I can only tell you what excites me. I can't tell you what excites the rest of America. But but Beta didn't excite me in that in that fashion because. You know, Elizabeth Warren has a plan. Like I, I've been saying from the beginning, everybody's been saying, uh, you know, Biden is Biden. That. I, I told you Elizabeth Warren excites me. She does because she has a, a depth. She comes out with a plan. She tells you, I have a plan for this. This is my plan for this. And she wants to tax the very wealthy, which is unheard of. And, 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 and you know, some it might be a dream <laughs> unless she gets a uh, uh, a senator and a congress that's going to back this because the very wealthy don't want to be taxed. They want to keep it right where it is. And and it's, it's killing the country as we, as we speak right now, because Amazon don't pay a, don't pay a diamond tax. They don't. So let's just call it what it is. I mean, if the wealthy pay their fair share as, as much as I'm paying, you know, we might be in a better place. So, uh, that, that, that's what I would say, you know, you know, that's what excited me about Elizabeth Warren. You know, speaking of Elizabeth Warren, she did release her plan, Medicare for All plan, and uh, a lot of people are criticizing the numbers. Let's listen to uh, a little bit of it, and we'll come back on the other side. Leading in Iowa, Elizabeth Warren is today putting a price tag on Medicare for All, $20.5 trillion in new spending over 10 years. Paid for by taxing billionaires and big business. I have a plan that shows how we can have Medicare for all without raising taxes one cent on middle class families. Warren would eliminate all private employer-based insurance, now covering more than half of all Americans. No more premiums, no deductibles. How would she pay for it? Employers would pay the government almost $9 trillion over 10 years, similar to what they now spend on employees' health care. She would boost her billionaire's wealth tax, impose a new tax on stock trades, higher taxes on investment gains for the top 1%, and cut military spending. The Harvard professor has 54 plans on her website, but it's Medicare for All that is drawing fire from her rivals. Joe Biden on the NewsHour tonight with Judy Woodruff. She's making it up. Nobody thinks it's $20 trillion. It's between $30 and $40 trillion. Warren's plan would contain medical costs, but at a political price. Elizabeth Warren is being very aggressive here in pushing down the prices paid to doctors, hospitals, 
and drug companies, and that will bring the cost down, uh, but also create some very powerful enemies. Warren's plan excites the Democratic base, but eliminating private insurance could hurt the suburban swing voters she's going to need if she's the nominee. And President Trump, who's been trying to kill Obamacare, can't wait to take on Medicare for all. So Elizabeth Warning, Elizabeth Warning, <laughs> what is that saying? Warren and her plan for Medicare for all. And so finally she released the numbers, but a lot of economists, Johnny D, are saying, hey, her numbers are flawed. And the fact that, yeah, Warren is leading in the polls and things of that nature, but what does that do for the more moderate Democrat, because a lot of folks that's extreme hard left really want her to step up. The Twitterverse is down with Elizabeth Warren. But the bottom line is, is is she electable and can she win a general election with her her thought processes and her uh, in her uh, in her approach to government? What do you think? And plus, don't forget now, you know, people. She talks about President Obama in a glowing light, but you know, I think I pointed out on this show a few weeks back this rift that she had with President Obama. And President Obama was like, you know, when he was in the White House, it's like, you know, we need to do something with her because she is really starting to get under my skin. You know, and I'm just using my term, but that's not what he said. But the bottom line is is that she's trying to act like she was such a, you know, advocate for President Obama, but she was one of the enemies within, and they had to try to find something. That's why they wanted her to go and run for the uh, for the Senate seat, to get her out from the White House because she was creating all types of, of disruption there. So what do you think, man? Do you think that her plan, does the numbers add up, and do you think she is electable in the general election? Point blank, as far as the general election, no. And I've said a couple of times uh, prior on the show that I think Donald Trump is, is, is fanning that flame where this is the person that he wants to run against, uh, is Elizabeth Warren. I don't know specifically what her health care plan looks like. I, I know I've heard on the radio, uh, I think started last night on the news and then on the radio, I believe they, they were saying that uh, she had – she had put her plan out, and uh, so just to make sure that I'm not speaking unintelligently, I, I'll wait till I'm more informed. Um, I'll be honest with you, it can't be any more um, than the the avenue and the path that President Obama uh, started going down. So, I mean, instead of everybody coming up with these alternative plans, why don't you just sit back and call it what it is, uh, an amended version of uh, the Affordable Care Act. I mean, it it is what it is. Give 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 that fine president his his due diligence and, and credit, and then I'd feel more respectable about some of the candidates. But to sit back and use a lot of the philosophies and, and a lot of you know the the, the, the plans um, to make sure that that the wealthy individuals pay a substantial amount of the health care, uh, you know, is kind of parallel to the Affordable Care Act. So I do think that uh, Donald Trump would prefer to run against Elizabeth Warren. I know what the polls are saying. It's leaning heavy in her favor, and, you know, she's she's getting out there. She's got some energy with her, and we'll just see how, you know, the last ballots and, and, and the primaries turn out. Now, uh, as far as Beto O'Rourke, uh, I, I will be honest. I think Beto O'Rourke has done himself uh, a, a, a good deed. By, by bowing out, I, I think his overall message was probably too too extreme uh, for most of the individuals here in America, and that's not based off of party lines. 
I think uh, he's got an, an audience and he's got some followers and some constituents who's going to make him a, a, a very formidable individual as far as endorsements. I do think that at some point someone, uh, he's electable as, as far as and seems to be somewhat intelligent. I, I think he would be a fine cabinet member moving forward. Um, you know, again, he's got a base. And right now he's kind of got a platform, you know. I, I think he he's in a position right now where he can perhaps do more for gun laws than any of the candidates because he has no dog in the fight anymore. So he can go out there and be as extreme, and I do think it is, it, 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 his plans are, are, are somewhat extreme to think that you're going to take, uh, uh, you know, this, this, this society and, and this nation's uh, firearms is not going to happen. And, you know, for those who sit back and talk about the Second Amendment, you know, uh, America um, in some aspects uh, is hypocritical when it comes to that. But I think Beto O'Rourke will have an opportunity to get out there and, and, and have a, a platform. And clearly he's got a pathway to having a seat at anyone's table, you know, uh, from the Democratic ticket because he's got a following and he's got some fun. So, you know, uh, again, I think that this is the last that we will hear from him. And until he ran for Ted Cruz, yeah, he, he spent a gang of money. But the reality of it is, is that, you know, he, he found a base of $20, $25 here. He didn't have no real heavy contributors. So clearly that, that, that indicates that he's got a following, and I think he's going to be a, a, a mainstay in, in politics in the Democratic Party. Uh, but I am, you know, I, I think that he did the right thing by stepping down. What about you, Vanessa? What do you think? You think that uh, the fact that he stepped down and the bottom line is is that uh, – you know, because of you were here in Texas, you know exactly what was going on with him. Uh, what do you think? First of all, do you think he should have even ran for president and uh, run for president, I should say? And and do you think this is a good thing? What type of effect will it have on the remainder of the field? Then now that he's dropped out. Well, excuse me. First of all, let me say when I was saying that I had a rough night last night. The biggest radio station in Houston, Magic 102, had this big forum uh, with an old-school concert at Sugarland. And so when I say old-school concert, I mean people that are 45, 50, up to like 80-year-olds with canes was coming in there last night listening to old-school. And we were in line, you know, having for drinks. You People were in line uh, in the, for the ladies' room. And the conversation last night amongst the older crowd was the presidential election and what's going on and the mayor's election is coming up, Jay, in Houston, because you know it's a mess here in Houston with the mayor. So all of the older people call themselves giving people like me, and I'm 56, I'm 57 in three weeks, they call themselves giving me advice on the election. I kind of thought it was funny, but I was listening to what they had to say. And I asked them, because they don't know I do a show, about Beto and what they thought. And wasn't just one older woman, but several were saying that they think that he would be better off not even attempting when he had ran for president and that he would have been better off if he had replaced Cruz. And since he did not replace Cruz, they thought that he'd be better off in another position that can help the Democrats to get back where they need to be with Congress, with Senate, with wherever. 
so that's what the older ladies were saying about Beto last night at the concert. So then I started asking them about impeachment with Trump and what they thought about mm-hmm. that. And what did they have to say about that? They, they had everything in the book to say about him. But what they did say was that the Democrats better have it in check because if they don't, then Trump is going to win because the Democrats failed at getting him impeached. So then in another line, the drink line, I decided to ask some of the men and women what they thought about Warren. So Warren, they said they like her, but they did not like the fact that they couldn't keep their doctors. And that's where I am with Warren. I want to keep my doctors as sick as I am. And then the next thing was they said that the country was not ready for a woman right after a black president. That really got me. So later on down the line, during the concert, during the intermission, I got I was in another line with my cousin. So I asked them, same question. What do y'all think about what's going on with the election? What do y'all think about what's going on with Warren? I heard the same thing again. The country is ready for a woman vice president, but the country is not ready for a woman president. This is old school talking. This is not Vanessa Haynes. This is not my thought. I don't. I like Warren, but I don't want to pay a trillion dollars uh, in medical when Amazon ain't paying a dime. And the owner and the CEO of Amazon sat there and said that he don't mind paying taxes, but he wasn't asked to pay taxes because Trump has waived all the taxes on the rich. And I understand that she thinks she can do that, but the rich people are not gonna let her get away with them taxing all of them because they like not paying a tax. And I just don't think that her forum of how much money and stuff this is gonna cost. And free, 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 she's matching up with Bernie Sanders to me. And the older people don't want her as president. And if you got older people talking to people like me, then some of those youngsters are going to listen to them. I think that Trump wants it to be Warren because he thinks he can beat Warren. He doesn't want it to be Biden because most of the people are going to carry Biden. I'm going to carry Biden. Not because of what – I'm going to carry Biden because I think that Biden knows the ins and the outs of the White House because he was in it for eight years. I don't think that Biden is going to necessarily follow everything that Obama did. I think he's his own man and that he does have some ideas of his own on some things that need to be done. I think that Biden is more into the military because he's had children in the military. I think Biden is more into health care because he had a child who died from cancer and, and, and another child that died earlier than that. So I just think that Biden knows different parts. He knows it. He knows the medical. He knows the military. Biden's got my vote. I don't care who happens, what happens. I'm voting voting for Biden for president. Okay. Now, who is going right. to be the assistant? Might be Warren, but it's but Warren will not be my vote for president of the United States. Interesting. All right, the smartest man in the world is checked in here, and let me bring him in here. Uh, The smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit from Esprit.net, and the man who brings you on a weekly basis, on a need-to-know basis. I know we're running a little over, but I want to get his input on this. Good morning, Jerome. How are you? Hey, good morning, everybody. How you doing? Good morning, Jerome. Doing good, brother. All right, I just want to say this after listening to Vanessa. You know, Vanessa, I know I said I've loved you before. You know, you say that to people generally. But what what you did and what you just said, most people cannot understand in a lifetime. And I know I've done this professionally for a long time, but 
what happens is that people don't talk to people that they don't know. People won't field test that, and most people don't understand that young people vote based upon what older people tell them. And the reason is because wisdom comes with age, right? You can say you smart all you want to, but you sit down next to an older person and go, listen, listen, baby, here's what I think. You will listen to them, <laughs> right? So when you start, because it's a cultural issue for us as black folks, and I can tell you, and I spent my youth around older folks. I love older black folks. That's just my thing, right? You actually understand a little bit more about their reasoning for what they're doing. So when you see polling and you're saying older people are saying this, but young people are saying this, young people don't come out to vote in great numbers. They'll tell you what their wish list is Christmas, but they'll be happy with what they get. So their wish list is one thing, but when it comes down to it, they go to the older folks and say, um, am I going to get this or this? And they're like, I wanted a red or blue, and it's like, you're getting a black one. <laughs> like, they don't really care. Right? They listen to their elders. So when I when doing campaigns, we have this conversation all the time. But nobody does what Vanessa just did. Right? She listened and she said, Here's what my decision is. Like I know there's no, the the fight would be first of all, Elizabeth Warren can't win. And I don't care how much noise or junk that's going on with um with Trump. Biden. I'm no no. I'm saying with Trump. I'm saying in the general election. Elizabeth Warren won't do well. I don't think anybody yeah. sees that coming. Everybody's still on their Hillary kick, and it's like, she got good ideas. I'm like, she does not relate to black people. Buttigieg don't relate to black people. So when you start talking about people getting excited, and they can hate Trump all they want to, but we can't substitute one for the other. We don't do that. That's why Hillary lost. So you have to take all of those... Um, factors in account. So Vanessa honestly just told you, I'm voting for Biden. No matter what your polling says, and it's going to fluctuate all the way to the day that people vote, Biden is going to get the most support. Now, of course, Buttigieg and all them are going to get probably Iowa, New Hampshire, and all that. You're talking about all white rural areas. Why does that dictate what people do in the city? I mean, it really doesn't. So as I watch this stuff, it always reminds me of that, but again, I am, I am much respect to Vanessa. I mean, we all, everybody has good ideas and, and bring a lot of stuff to the table, but that field testing is where people are disconnected from. The news only talks to people who talk to them. Black people don't talk to the news. You cannot, even on reporters, that's why polling is really bad, because you can't just stop a random black person and say, well, who are you going to vote for? They're liable to tell you anything. We all know that. They'll tell you anything they want. They're like, I ain't voting for them. I just said that because that's who the popular person was at the moment. So, much respect for that. Yeah. But no. Sounds like white women, when uh, people ask them about uh, if they're going to vote for Trump or not, we're going to say something else. But when we get behind those curtains, we're going to vote for who, you know, we're going to vote for that guy. And, you know, that's one yeah, of the reasons no, why no, he's. That's uh, what they did, yes. That's what they did. Yeah, I think white women making now a mockery. Have yeah, I think yeah, before, I agree with you. I think that he's pissed them off to a point where they're not they're not coming back. You're absolutely correct about that. Appreciate you, man. They don't care what they do to minorities, though. Like white women don't care about what they do to Mexicans or black folks. Them, their self interest yeah. is being under is under attack now. That's where yeah, it kicks in. There you in. go. 
tell people to vote their pocketbook and vote their conscience, and uh, sometimes they don't listen either. All right, listen Hello. to this edition of Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know. You know, Alzheimer's is something that uh, a lot of us may be experiencing with older family members and things of that nature, and we have been trying to find ways to combat this, this deadly disease. But, you know, the thing is, what does insomnia and Alzheimer's has in common? Our deep sleep, you know, the brain waves generate what we call during the deep sleep process a cleaning system, and it's uh, designed to protect the brain against uh, degenerative diseases and things of that nature. Could this be a breakthrough for Alzheimer's? Who knows? But in, anyway, in this week's edition of Informant, it's something that we need to know. Take a look at that closely because a lot of us may have family members who may be suffering from this deadly disease. We'll be right back. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show. More to come on the TJR's radio network, online radio at its best. Researchers have long been puzzled by the relationship between sleep and Alzheimer's. New research may help solve that puzzle. NPR's John Hamilton reports on a study suggesting that the brain waves produced during deep sleep trigger a process that washes away toxins in our brains. People with Alzheimer's often have sleep problems, and sleep problems appear to make people more vulnerable to Alzheimer's. But Laura Lewis of Boston University says there's never been a good explanation for this connection. You know, it's been known for a long time that uh, sleep is really important for brain health, but why it is, um, you know, was more mysterious. Lewis was part of a team that wanted to solve the mystery. So they found a way to watch what was going on in the brains of 11 sleeping people. Lewis says one of the things they monitored was the liquid that flows through the brain and spinal cord. It's called cerebrospinal fluid, or CSF. And that's when we discovered that during sleep, there are these really large, slow waves occurring maybe once every 20 seconds of CSF washing into the brain. Like the oscillations of a very slow washing machine. Earlier studies of animals had found that the flow of CSF increases during sleep and helps carry away waste products, including the toxins associated with Alzheimer's. But Lewis's team was able to see this process occur in the brains of people in real time. And that led to another discovery. Before each wave of fluid, we would actually see a wave of electrical activity in the neurons. This electrical wave always happens first, um, and the CSF wave always seems to follow seconds later. Suggesting that the electrical wave was triggering each wash cycle. That brain wave was a very familiar one, called a slow wave. Slow waves appear when a person enters the state known as deep sleep. And Lewis says they play a role in both memory and brain disease. It's already known that people with Alzheimer's disease have less of these electrophysiological slow waves. So they have um, smaller and fewer slow waves. Lewis's study, which appears in the journal Science, suggests that this reduction in slow waves is reducing wash cycles in the brain. And she says that would limit the brain's ability to clear out the toxins associated with Alzheimer's. It would make sense that if there's large waves of fluid at CSF, that that might in turn cause mixing and dispersion of all kinds of other fluids in the brain and help with this waste removal process. Lewis's team made one more discovery about sleeping brains. As the flow of cerebrospinal fluid increases, blood flow decreases. Less blood in the brain means more room for CSF to carry away waste. Lewis says the brain's self-cleaning system all seems to depend on getting the right kind of sleep. Some disruption um, to the way sleep is working could potentially be uh, contributing to the decline in brain health. Including Alzheimer's. William Jagus at the University of California, Berkeley, says the finding fits nicely with other research on sleep and Alzheimer's disease. 
Jagist was part of a team that studied the relationship between slow-wave sleep and a toxin called beta-amyloid, which accumulates in the brains of people with Alzheimer's. He says they found something a bit disturbing. It's a vicious cycle where amyloid decreases sleep and decreased sleep results in more beta-amyloid. Jagus says the new study suggests the increase in amyloid could be the result of less waste removal in the brain. He says it's likely that Alzheimer's, like heart disease, has more than one cause. There are a bunch of things that are probably contributing to people's likelihood to getting Alzheimer's, and I think um, sleep is going to turn out to be one of them. John Hamilton, NPR News. Today, about one in five Americans is living with a disability. Over 50 million people, including many of our friends and neighbors, teachers and co-workers, heroes and leaders. 20 years ago, the Americans with Disabilities Act guaranteed every person the right to live, work, and participate fully in the American experience. We've come a long way since then, and we are committed to making even more progress in the years ahead. Visit disability.gov to see how you can help. But I do get a sense sometimes now among certain young people, and this is accelerated by social media, there is this sense sometimes of the way of me making change is to be as judgmental as possible about other people. Welcome back in, 347 That was President Obama talking about people being woke. You know, we were just talking about Elizabeth Warren and how some people on the far left really supporting her policies and things of that nature. And, you know, and Jerome said something that I thought made a lot of sense. And, you know, we've been saying, at least I know I've been saying it for a while, is the fact that, you know, the Twitterverse versus, you know, on-the-ground folks who are going to actually go to the polling uh, stations are somewhat different. You know, you have these people on the, on the far left that wants you to do everything and, and try to please everybody. And realistically, and realistically, a candidate has to win not only their party's far left or far right contingencies, but they also have to try to find a way to operate in the middle, I think, in order for them to win an election. So this past week, President Obama warned Democrats about on attacking other liberals for not being woke enough. Let's listen to the president's comments in their entirety, and then we'll talk on the other side. You know, this this idea of purity and you're never compromised and you're always politically woke and all that stuff, I, you should get over that quickly. The world, the world is messy. There are ambiguities. People who do really good stuff have flaws. People who you are fighting may love their kids. And, you know, share certain things with you. And, and, and I think that one danger I see among young people, particularly on college campuses, Malia and I talk about this. Yara goes to school with my daughter. Um, but I do get a sense sometimes now among certain young people, and this is accelerated by social media, there is this sense sometimes of the way of me making change is to be as judgmental as possible about other people. And that's enough. Like if I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right or used the word wrong verb or then 
I can sit back and feel pretty good about myself. Because, man, you see how woke I was? I called you out. <laughs> Let me get on TV. <laughs> watch my show. Watch Gronish. <laughs> um, you know, that's not, that's not activism. That, that's not bringing about change. You know, it, 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 if, if all you're doing is casting stones... Uh, you know, you're, you're probably not going to get that far. That's easy to do. Oh, did you hear? So now, let me start with Beto. Beto, did you hear? Beto. Sure what that's all about. Okay, let's see if we can stop that. Uh-oh. Hold on here. Beto. All right, Johnny D. We're going to try to work through oh, whatever. Oh, that poor bastard. Well, we're going through here. Poor pathetic guy. Uh, he was pathetic. Pop. Remember the arms are flailing. Remember that, you know, he ran against Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz won. He spent almost $100 million. And Ted Cruz and I helped Ted, and we campaigned together, and it was good. But I used to watch him. Then when he came on to... Okay. Oh, my God. Thank, thank God that's gone. All right, John. I'm not sure what that was. That guy works his way into every conversation. All right, let's talk about what the president, President Obama, was talking about as far as uh, liberals being woke, the fact that people can go out on Twitter and call each other out and, and do all these different things. What do you think, man? you think the president's uh, message will be well-received, or do you think a lot of folks are going to be saying, hey, guess what? You know, we don't want to hear that from you. You know, you're a thing of the past. Because there's a polling out this morning that says that a lot of the Democratic Party wants a person that's brand new, a person that's not going to continue President Obama's uh, policies, which I thought that was uh, I thought that was interesting. We'll see. So what do you think, man? You think the president did the right thing by calling people out? Or do you think it's going to come back and, and uh, you know, backfire against them? Well, first off, uh, it was great to hear how dignified he he left individuals, uh, unlike that last clip that you played where, you know, this clown is talking about, this criminal is talking about Beto swinging his arms, always trying to be the mockery. Um, like I say, I'm, I'm so sick of the bojangling and the, and the clowning and the fun and the degradation of people uh, by, by that, that, that treasonous that it just – uh, makes my stomach bow, but uh, again, President Obama, he, he, even hitting his disagreement, has a way of dignifying people. Uh, accurate. I mean, you know, in, in today's society, uh, people want to get on, on on all types of social media and condemn one another, talk about one another, and you know, feel as he said, feel real good about themselves. You know, and and one of the things that I've been been so alerted to is when you gave me an opportunity and this show gave me an opportunity to to go into the airways and have a voice. Uh, the thing that I did not see, um, you know, in, in my life at that point in time is, you know, the, the reality of it is that, is, is that I, I wasn't awake. So now I'm out there in the streets. I'm out there working with young guys with my square knowledge in the fourth world concept. I'm out there uh, fundraising. I'm out there educating people on how to interact with police. So this show did that for me, and I think that's what President Obama is saying. You know, I could have sat there and and and, and tweeted and and um, well, I'll tweet. Uh, <laughs> what, what was that? Yeah, text it. <laughs> 
texted, but I, I could have got out there, Jay, and been texting and, and got on the show and, and tried to act like I was all this right here. But the, the emptiness comes in the fact that, yeah, you can talk the game, but the reality of it yeah. is it's about the fruits of your labor, you know. So this show gave me that opportunity to sit back and, and, and put a mirror to my face and say, you know, you can get on there every week and talk about people, but what are you doing to make a change? And that's that's what he's saying. I mean, simply put, right. that's what he's saying. You sitting there on your couch and on your living room talking about some, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I despise Donald Trump. No, get out there to the polls. Let's talk about that every week. Get out there to the polls. Vote these jokers out. Get out there do some fundraising. Get out there knock on some doors. Get out there educate some folks. Be informed. That's what activism is. That's what change really is. Change ain't sitting back there, you know, being comfortable in your na- in, in, in your own homes and, and you know, on, on, on the social media outlets, on the news outlets, and talking to your friends in, in small circles. See, sometimes those, those, those living room conversations and those backdoor conversations really generate some great ideas. But if no one hears it, then does it really matter? So, again, it was great hearing him come out. Do I think that he's going to get some kickback? But those who kick back on him, you know what, they will suffer the, the, the penalty on it. Because this guy, again, you know, uh, Donald Trump, Donald Trump is God's condemnation on America. I'm going to always say that right there. You rejected a man who who was just as dignified in, in office as he was trying to skip around. So, okay, you know what, I'm going to say what I got to say, but I'm not going to be as, 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 as condemned and as damning as, as this clown is. And and we rejected that, you know. His last, you know, four years in office, man. I mean, I I, I was embarrassed at America how how you had those Democrats sitting back there talking about, well, let me let, let let me shun him, you know, because it's about electability for them. So you know what, I applaud him once again for saying what he had to say. Do I agree with everything President Obama had to say when he was running as president, and even now? No, but he was point on. When he talked about you sitting back here, rumping yourself, chomping and talking, and doing nothing about anything to, to make a, 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 a change in the lives of your neighbors. That's where you start. You start in your neighborhood. You start in your community. And as you make a change there, and you just keep going, but talking, writing, texting, tweeting, all of that does nothing. Yeah, it may inform somebody, but you got to get out there and take the information, and you got to get out there and really be in the streets making a change with some individual. Man, you know, America is, is, is just so polarizing. You know, when you look at the news, it's, 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 it's two different news cycles that come on. You know, I, I, I looked at uh, one, one of those Fox News channels, uh, Our America. or I mean, I – I don't know what news I was looking at. It depends on which station you look at. It depends on what story you get. So that's why shows like this right here, when we talk about stuff, we we got to be point on. You know, the, the days of giving opinion without facts, you can't be because people sit back and they take this information. They say, you know what, well, such and such said this right here without going back doing the research. That's where coming out there and getting in them streets and saying, you know what, let me go to my church and let me let me start a group. Let me educate people on the facts. So, again, spot on for President Obama. Absolutely. Vanessa, you know, once again, uh, it's interesting. And, and, and we always say this, you know, like, for example, I've never gotten a call from a poster asking me my opinion on anything. And, you know, and I'm one of the most politically in tune people that you will ever uh, run, run into. I mean, you know, my day consists of when I get off work, 
I'm sitting down, I'm looking at uh, MSNBC or looking at whatever until I fall asleep. I mean, you know, there's very little room for any other things because I'm that in tune as far as what's going on, thinking about what we're going to talk about on Sundays and things of that nature. So the fact that I no one's called me is interesting. So the fact that you went out there and had conversations with people in the street trying to get, you know, that grounds root down to the earth, you know, in the weeds type of opinions is a good thing. But, you know, once again, Obama – President Obama talking about people being woke. You know, I hear this term a lot, oh, I'm woke. Well, what the hell does that mean, I'm woke? Woke from what? I, I mean, you know, and like, like Johnny D said, you you have to get out there. You know, you just can't be about it. You can't talk about it. you got to be about it. You know, I mean, I spend time at the Democratic headquarters here in Houston. Uh, you know, I'm going to go out and start knocking on doors, which I'm like, oh, boy, what's going to happen with that because I know how I am. You know, <laughs> somebody says something crazy to me, you know, maybe on and popping. But but the bottom line is that you got to get out there and get uh, active in the community. So what do you think? you think the president's comments were good? Do you think he's going to get some feedback from that? Do you think he should just, uh, until he endorses someone, just stay out the fray? What do you think? First of all, let me say, excuse me, Friday, uh, I was taking a nap, and I didn't answer the house phone. Um, Bobby did. And guess what it was? It was a political polling. (laughs) Interesting. It was a political polling. And I didn't, and they asked for me, and Bobby asked who was calling, and they named the company, and he asked what was it regarding instead of political polling. And so I told Bobby, I said, tell him to call me back next week because I'm taking a nap. So I get him. And let me tell you what I got yesterday. So, you know, the, the candidates have to get so many individual donations. They can't be over a certain amount of money in order to stay in the race. So Joe Biden said he was not going to take any big money from any big companies or whatever. So I, so far, have given Joe Biden $10, because, and I'm going to do it again this week, $10 to make him eligible, to keep making him eligible for these um, debates. So yesterday, and I'll read it to y'all, I got an email from Joe Biden's camp saying that Joe Biden is going to have a, like, conference call, and they gave the time and everything and asked me that I want to be a part of the phone call. I'm going to forward it to you, Jay. That they they messaged me in my email and asked me that I want to be a part of the forum phone call from Joe Biden. I don't know how I got on somebody's list to be a part of these forums and to go to the debates. Like I, I just don't know how I got on it, but I am on it, and I'm going to forward it to you. And maybe you can figure out um, how to get in it. Uh, or for them to call you, or you can be a part of it because I, you know I really don't care about listening to Joe Biden talk next week on a phone call. Or that doesn't impress me. So, uh, but I am going to put some money on his books in order to make him keep being eligible. And I like the other lady, and y'all forgive me because I don't really got her name on the tip of my tongue. Not Warren, Amy Klobuchar. I like her. I'm going to put. I think I'm going to put $10 on her book to keep her in the race because I want to keep hearing what she's got to say because I want a woman vice president, but I don't want it to be Harris, and I am shaky with Warren. So I want to keep Amy in the race, and the way to do it is to continue to donate towards their campaigns so they got to have so many donations. So that's who's on my 
my money list this week is them two. As far as Obama goes, I, I don't think anybody is really listening to what Obama has to say because Trump is so far out there, and he has got racial lines like you would not believe between people that I used to work with and other people that work together. I mean, right now, I hate to say it like this, but I think Obama needs to keep quiet until they figure out who's going to be endorsed, and then he can get out there and run for that person. But right now, I just need him to step back and be quiet. Now, if you want to get out there and tell people like me and Les do, vote at every election. Like, I'm going to get on there this weekend and start telling everybody, okay, you don't just vote for the presidential election. Y'all need to get out there and vote for the mayor's election. Y'all need to look at those bonds and stuff that's on that ballot that's coming up because it affects your taxes for your houses. So y'all are going to see me today and tomorrow get on there telling people in Houston, get out there, youngsters, and go vote, not just for the election, but for the mayor. So if Obama want to get out there and tell people to vote for November and to vote in March because we have to keep the Democratic seats in place, he can do that. He can do that to encourage him to go vote like what me and Let's say every week. Me and Let's say vote blue no matter who in 2020, but I don't want him out there telling people other stuff yet. Wait until we see who the Democratic person is going to be, then get out there, honey, with Michelle and go run and talk and, and go to colleges and watch them kids listen to you. But right now, those kids don't know who to vote for. They ain't listening to Obama. Interesting. You know, she, she said something I thought was interest, interesting coming from a woman. And, Jerome, let, let me ask you this, and you can definitely uh, answer the question. But here's my other question for you. Let's say that uh, Biden is the uh, – the Democratic nominee, do you honestly think that he could, that ticket could not have a minority on there? I mean, okay, yeah, I have a white woman. Do you, that ticket has to have a minority on it, right? In order for, yeah, if you I want to bring the party I, together, right? Well, it's not just bringing the party no. together. It, it, is, it is more like um, maximizing and doing honor to the diversity that, that is in this doggone country, right? So, Biden has a tendency, just like Warren and and um, um, Sanders and Buttigieg, to talk to white folks. Like they they believe it is rural white people who rule this piece. They're the swing voters, and, that, and that's not even true, right? And that's definitely not the Democratic Party. So I think he has to honor. And again, I'm I'm pushing for Atlanta's mayor. If if behind the scenes, if I run into any Biden people. Or they call me for anything. I am. I'll lobby from her, and I'm not sure. I'm not saying that she's not already on their radar, but I think that there needs to be some diversity on the ticket, and there definitely needs to be some diversity in the in this cabinet. So, you know, but they have so much cleanup to do in those cabinet levels that they're going to have to hire all of those people who left because Trump was there. They have to bring them back first right. to have some stability. Huh? Is she running? I mean, you said you're going to vote for her, but is she running? Is her name on the ballot? He didn't, he didn't, he didn't say that. No, no, no. I, I said I, I would opt for them. You know, you don't have to pick somebody who's running. And sometimes people who are running become adversarial, right? And so how can you trust somebody? And, again, I can tell you when I knew Biden was going to get picked during Obama. I think I've told the story before. But when, when President Obama, well, when Senator Obama was running, Joe Lieberman, 
started saying some off-color stuff, bordering on racist stuff about Obama. And they interviewed Joe Biden, who was also running. And the look on Joe Biden's face when he said what he said about Obama happened. Joe Biden said, oh, I'll see him in the Senate workout room. And they were like, what do you mean? And, Obama, and, and Biden just stopped talking. And he said, I'll see him later. Right? That infuriated him. And I said, you have to have somebody on your ticket that's not only supportive of your policies, but knows that your ethics and morals are shaped around the same, in the same construct. So even when they came out on stage with the Biden family and Obama family, their kids got along, his grandkids got along. It, it seems like he can relate to the diversity that was there. Hopefully he brings that into an administration if he wins, if he's, get, if he's the nominee. Hopefully he brings that spirit into the nomination. I think that's what people miss about um, Biden as they keep talking about whether he, black people are unconsciously supporting him because of Obama. I don't know who started that narrative. But that is not why most black people are support, supporting Biden. What happened is that we see subliminals in people. So you can see what his disposition was with, with, um, with Michelle, with the first lady. You can see what his wife's disposition was when she was traveling with Michelle as well. We see subliminals. I think it's more than supporting his policies. So we look at that stuff a lot differently than anybody can ever imagine. So when you make it something so frivolous as, oh, he keeps bringing up Biden's, he keeps bringing up Obama's name, so he's he's gonna um, just to get close to black people. That ain't what he's doing. He had a lot of say inside of that inside of that administration. But at, at the same time, I want to say this: President Obama, you know, as far as what his library is doing, what his foundation is doing. I'm sorry, his foundation. They're working with young people to try to get them engaged. Now, I disagree with what he's saying, by the way, because we have a tendency of beating up young people about them not engaging or engaging incorrectly. Well, who's supposed to show them how to gauge correctly? Right? They do look to us for direction. Now, they could be on Twitter or on Facebook and doing what they're doing, but you should not, as, a, as, a, as an adult, you shouldn't be looking there for your dog on news. And you shouldn't be moved by what those young people are talking about. What you need to do is actually have some conversations with them because they're looking to be guided as well. We have a bad habit of leaving young people out there by themselves saying, y'all need to be smarter, y'all need to do your research. They have elders. Own your own responsibility in your community. Our communities are not fragmented like that. So I never had that problem just in doing you campaigns as well. I, I never had that problem. So people would always ask, how come when you're out, no matter what state I'm in doing a campaign, this is how come when you're out, people react to you different? I said, because I talk to people. Right? And you, can, you can gauge on the ground if you listen, but while they're talking, they're still asking you, where are we going? Because I don't know that, is what they normally say. Well, I ain't know that. And I say, I know. It's not your... It's not your job. It's for us to actually tell you. I can tell you why I'm doing what I'm doing. So if you ask me and I'm supporting somebody, I will tell you. I don't go back and just say, y'all should do this because that's a good person. Forget them being good people. Here, here is yeah. why. Right? So there is no, and I guarantee you if this happens, it'll get shut down tomorrow. But there is no place, there's no website, there's no nothing that gives black people 
a perspective on each candidate as far as black people issues are concerned. And the problem with it is the poverty pimps will fight you and the people who are uninformed will fight you. So then it becomes just noise. Right? So if you oh and I have something really great that you should see. The whole Byron Allen situation of the Trump administration and um Com- Comcast. I think it's Comcast. They are suing, going to the Supreme Court on November 13th to try to undo the civil rights legislation of 1865. They're trying to undo it. And the Trump administration has jumped in. The DOJ has come on Comcast's side. They're going up against the Supreme Court. Here's what's funny about that. Byron Allen lays out, and he doesn't blame Reverend Sharpton or the NAACP or the Urban League, but he says those companies donate a lot of money to those organizations, so I can understand why they're doing that, right? Why they lobby with big companies that don't do anything for minorities. But what he said was, I told them, how much money are they giving you? I'll get you that money. If they give you a million dollars a year, he said, I gave about 500000 He said, but I, I can get some more funding to get you that million dollars that Comcast is giving you. We need to be smarter and stop being scared of, of lobbying for your own interest. So as far as what Obama is doing, talking to these young people, trying to get them engaged, that is not motivating to young people for you to talk to them like that. I know you think that's smart as yeah. an adult. Young people need to do A, B, and C. That never works. And I don't think, I don't think President Obama is that doggone smart, honestly. Right? You can be smart at some things and understand some things, and other things you can't. You, you probably can't. Yeah, right? we all have it's to- almost similar to that situation with Bill Cosby, right? You know, people yeah. Bill Cosby was trying to tell people what to do. I, I see what you're saying. I didn't when you said that. I was looking at him like what? But then I'm thinking, okay, you know, people don't like folks trying to tell them what to do, and and even if you're as popular as President Obama, uh, you know, the bottom line is you have to be careful. Yep, that's the first thing that came to mind, Jay. I'm glad you said that. Was that pound cake speech? That's what it sounded like to me with President Obama. I'm like, you cannot do that. Because black people will wait for your fall and say, see? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the same thing. Yeah. You cannot criticize people in our dysfunction because we're oppressed. And those kids are depressed, and you cannot. Can- he didn't do jack to change their condition. He gave them hope by supporting colleges, but those are people who are already in track to be at college. So what did you do for everybody mm. else up there? Right? You're going to leave a big hunk of people out. So he's talking to college kids. That doesn't fall for everybody up, you know, across the scale. If you're a political yeah. science major, you can get some work done on the ground. Absolutely. All right, we're up against it. Mr. Ellis, let me get your comments here real quick, man, before we go to break. On this, on, on President Obama's comments on uh, not, you know, this whole thing being not well, being woke enough. Well, you know what, man? Uh, I, I get the fact that people being woke because, you know, a lot of people are asleep, man. You know, there, there are a lot of people that are asleep. You know, and what I mean by that is that uh, Kanye West, they, they'll, they'll, they'll follow Kanye West to the end of the earth, and he says, he says things that make white people comfortable, and I, I just don't get it. I really don't. So that, 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 that's, what I, that's what I get from that. But as far as President Obama, I, 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 you know, some, I, don't, I, I think he should come out and speak. I think he should, if, if, if you say anything that's wrong, you should come out and speak against it, man. Yeah, why hold your tongue? You know, I, I I just don't see holding my tongue. I, I think 
I think you should come out and speak about what's wrong. And and those who get it, they get it. And those who don't, they won't get it. But, you know, black folks are always, whether you say the wrong thing or the right thing, they're going to come out, you know, against, you know, that's just our nature, man. We are, we are our own worst critics. We are. You know, I, I look at some of these white folks, and no matter what this president is doing, no matter how he does this, whatever he does, they back and they stand behind them. No matter what he does, and they know it's wrong. They know it's wrong. But we are our own roast critics, man. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. Good stuff, Mr. Elias. I like the way uh, I like the way you said that. All right. Coming up next, um, let the hearings begin. That's right. This week, the House of Representatives voted to begin impeachment proceedings against President Trump. So what happens next? Who knows? We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. It is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of the serious side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends for some serious conversation before you go to church. It's the serious side of the TGRS. Happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network.
You're going to be bundled up for a lot of this upcoming week. The coldest air retreating a little bit to the north as we head toward the middle of the week. But still, a lot of you are going to be below average, especially over here on the Dakotas and Montana, by as much as 30 degrees below average for the beginning of November, where you've got the jet stream right around that area in the Ohio Valley. We're pretty close to average for this time of the year. But as that Arctic air continues to settle in across the south, it also heads for the northeast later on this week. And that could also set us up for our next snowstorm for some of you. If uh, you know, look at the different models, there is that potential we could see some accumulating snow, even for some of the bigger cities. The position of the jet stream has a lot to do with it. We are able to get that colder air sinking more to the south, so it's not just a northern thing, but much of the eastern half of the country. of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. And it's best as we say good morning to our peeps and say good morning to the very lovely Miss Vanessa May Belly from the Macinelli. Vanessa, good morning. Good morning. Happy first Sunday, everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. Happy first Sunday. The man who I call the educated brother himself who just celebrated an anniversary, the one and only Mr. Johnny D in the place to be. Good morning, Johnny. How are you, sir? Good morning. I am blessed and feeling real good. Feeling real good, and thank you for asking. And I thank you for being here. The smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree, who brings us on a weekly basis, on a need-to-know basis. What's going on, my brother? How are you? Hey, I'm good, man. How you doing? Just another day in paradise. No palm trees. Man, it really runs everything around here. Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. All right, Mr. Elias, can we do some shout-outs or that's not happening? Yes, we can. We have uh, Easy Rider in the uh, chat room with us, Provena Man, and Random Brain Activities, and also Mariana Music. That is the Internet. The name of the group is called The Internet, and the name of the song is called Hold On. There you go, Ms. Kelly is providing that, what we call a public service to the very lovely Mariana Music. Speaking of which, she is in the house. Good morning, Mariana. What's happening? The pastor's checking in. What's going on, Pastor Jones? Checking in with you. Natasha, Texas, uh, Zachary, Newport News, Lizzie, Rob, Darren, uh, Mary, just a host of people tuning in from social media. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us as always. And find your way to find us if you want to get in contact with the show. Just go to Google and type in the serious side, and that's S E R I O U S I D E. Serious side of the J. Ryle Show. You can find us on all the social media platforms out there. You can check out the J. Ryle Show on Instagram as well. And that's something that I uh, monitor and make sure that I put my information out there as well. And, of course, our dear sister Jackie Price, you can find her out there, Thoughts for Vision, and check out all the different social media activities that she has going on. Also notice that she's working with uh, some type of representative, so it's good. She's getting uh, politically active, and that's what we want people to do. Get out there and make your voice be heard. And, you know, like Johnny D talked about earlier in the show, don't talk about it, be about it. Get out there and make a difference in somebody's life. The number is 347 one two seven two. Uh, as we get into our last segment of the show, impeachment is finally here. This week, the House of Representatives voted to begin impeachment proceedings against President Trump. What happens now? Does it really make a difference? I mean, is this really going to make a change? 
last set, 15 minutes to catch, to, to uh, you know, kick it around. So let's get right to it. Mr. Elias, we'll come to you first on this one. What do you think, Mr. Elias, man? You know, the bottom line is now that they've kicked this inquiry off, they're saying now we have the ability, we have subpoena power, which they already had, but the Republicans were complaining. All this stuff is going on behind closed doors. Uh, we want it in the public now. That is going to be out there in the public. Now they're complaining about. Well, wait a minute. This shouldn't even go down at all. You heard the, the you heard the hit at the top of the show. You know, Kevin McCarthy. Well, you know, this is a witch hunt. This bipartisan vote not to impeach. Really? So two Democrats crossed over and decided to vote with the Republicans, and they call that bipartisan because these two yeah. guys represent a Republican district. Once again, people playing yeah. politics. I am so tired mm-hmm. of politicians. I don't give a damn what side of the aisle you're on playing politics. Everyone and their mother knows this is the right thing to do. And look, even earlier in the in the in the year I was playing politics. I was saying, you know, why do this? Because we all know that the Senate is not going to convict him. So at the end of the day, why are we doing this? Because all it's going to do is make him a martyr, and it's going to make people really rally behind him. But now I'm at a point where, you know what, you just have to do the right thing, regardless of what the political cost could be. And so you had two Democrats playing politics and decided to vote with the Republicans. We know that that this guy has broken every damn law in the book. And then, you know, Donald Trump Jr. goes on Fox and talks about, oh, you know, I if I was, you know, listen, if my dad, I could go out here and, and get rich and do all these different things. Him and Sean Hannity yucking it up. I said, man, these people are, <laughs> it's almost as if they think we're stupid. Donald Trump Jr. is fixing his mouth to say stuff like that. When him, his brother, and his sister, that's all they're doing is making money because his father is the president. It's amazing, man. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think, Mr. Elias, about this whole thing? What you know, word has it that Bolton is going to is going to be subpoenaed to come in and testify on Thursday. These hearings being in the open, do you think that's going to change minds? Because I'm going to tell you something. Most Americans now favor this guy being impeached and voted and uh, and removed from office. So, what do you think about it, man? Trust the polls. What's your gut? Well, you know something, Jay. If, if nothing else, it brings out. Everything that that this guy's doing behind the scenes, man. That that's 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 like the 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 guy that that uh, that was a uh, veteran, that was an honored veteran, that testified against him and said all these things against him. Said that he Lieutenant Colonel, uh, yeah. he yeah he did all did 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 and and he said that wasn't even the full scope of the uh, of the the. The what am I the word I'm looking for the the full scope of whatever they put out there that wasn't the full scope of it. He said more damning uh, things trans- than that. Of uh, the transcript, it wasn't a transcript. The notes it, that they put out of the yeah. phone call it wasn't a transcript. Right, the notes they put out of the phone call that that there was even more damning evidence than that. Look, man, there's going to be more stuff that comes out. You know, just sit back and enjoy the ride. I, I think I think it was the right thing to do. Will it go anywhere? Nope. Because once it gets to the Senate, guess where it's going to go? It's going to go to the graveyard, which, which I hope they send it there soon so everybody can see that what Bitch McConnell was doing is he's killing everything. He's killing everything. Get him out of office. If he's not going to let anything go through, if he's not going to pass anything that's going to help you, why are you still voting this guy in? So, yes, I think the impeachment inquiry, I think it's going to be a good thing. I think it's 
I think it's going to be great. I think they'll, they'll vote to impeach him and then they go to the Senate and they're like, nope, we're not going to do it. We're going to kill it. You know, Johnny, you know the thing that, uh, I'm going to come to you on this one. You know the thing that uh, that really, you know, Mr. Elias was talking about the uh, lieutenant colonel, I think his name was Alexander Vindman. He came out in, in full dress blues and testified. You know the thing that I'm noticing, I'm, I'm looking at some of the military magazines and military news clippings and military papers, and a lot of, you know, in the military, the commander-in-chief is the, is the commander-in-chief. You're supposed to leave your politics at the door when you put your uniform on. But more and more and more, a lot of these publications are supporting this uh, colonel and are saying things like, hey, the military must protect this man, you know, from what was going on. It's like, the, you know, and then you hear all these pundits on Fox News, you know, criticizing the man who got hurt while protecting this nation. You know, the Republicans used to be all military all the time. Now, all of a sudden, when military officials come out and say things that they don't like about the president, now this guy is a never-Trumper. And, you know, by the way, this is a commander-in-chief whose daddy bought him a pass, so he didn't have to go serve. So while this man and others were out protecting our nation, he was running around in New York chasing females and spending money. But I guess that's just where we are now. I guess that's the guy you guys want as president of the United States, a guy who stands up in front of a crowd of people like he's on some type of comedy circuit. Maybe he should just, you know, resign and become a comedian because he's funny. But unfortunately, his position doesn't require him to tell jokes and be a comic. His thoughts, Johnny D. Comical he is, treasonous he is, a criminal he is as well. Um, He's got the biggest stage in the world, so I never think that he will even consider stepping down and, and becoming an entertainer because clearly that's what he is now, but he's just doing it at the expense of, of hundreds of millions of, of, of persons in America and then nationally uh, throughout the global world, he's doing the same thing. Uh, it, it's no surprise if you refute Donald Trump and you go against Donald Trump, he's going to come at you. He doesn't care who it is. Uh, you've seen him do it to the Lindsey Grahams, the Ted Cruz's of the world. You know, talked about this man's daddy being a, a, a criminal, and yet Ted Cruz will smooth up to him when convenient. So he has no boundaries. He has no limitations. Uh, as far as the impeachment vote, um, like I say, the, the, the two Democrats who, who voted against it, I, I think we ought to speak their name and, 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 and place shame on them. Uh, Jeff Drew and Colin Peterson uh New Jersey and Minnesota respectively But we, we got to take some time to, to also Talk about Donald Trump and his Assessment of the Republican Party when, when Donald Trump says that The Republicans are standing strong with him Or when he advocates for the Republicans To stand strong with him What Donald Trump's Republican Party Reflect is the Caucasian Or white America that, That's what he sees So when he, when he opposes and he says, Republicans, stand with me, what he's saying is, 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 is white America, stand with me in my wrong, in my desire to, to establish a monarchy and a dictatorship. Um, that's what he is truly saying. So then you take a, a, a person like, like William Hurd, okay? Uh, William Hurd is the only African-American uh, you know, Republican in the House. And for him to, to vote against impeachment, you know, he's got the wrong 
analogy of Republicans standing together because, again, Donald Trump's resemblance of the Republican Party. This is a man, now remember this here, back in 2015 when he was asked would he start a third party if he wasn't elected with the Republican What did he say? He said yes. He was affirmative to that right there. So he's not about the party. Again, what he says, Republican Party, what he sees at his rallies, other than the few that they paid to to, to, to 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 darken up his his, his the, the, the crowd as far as the Latinos, uh, the Asians, the African Americans, uh, all of the ones that they kind of spot throughout, strategically placed throughout uh, his backdrop. The William Hurds of the world are the ones who we really have to look at and 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 set back and and not necessarily you know criticize him. He's doing what he needs to do for himself. But for him to be able to stand lock arms with the rest of those crooks who are going to advocate anything that, that this criminal does is just, to me, is more egregious than anything. Uh, we, we know who this, this, this criminal is that's in Washington. We know what his, his pedigree is. We know what his behavior is. We know that he's a lawless individual, and, and he doesn't respect the Constitution, although anytime it's convenient to talk about the Constitution and his entire his entire platform and speeches when he get out there is really about fueling the flames of hate and bigotry in America. And until we call it for what it is, then you know what, we, we won't be who we are. The, the impeachment, it speaks for itself. But once again, depending upon what news uh, media outlet that you're looking at, I mean, you get an entirely different story. You know, this, this isn't no queer pro quo that this, that this, this criminal has done. He extorted people. He's no different than the mafia setting up there getting people to pay for protection. That's what really he was doing to the Ukrainian president. He's saying, look, I know Russia's breathing down your neck, but that's my buddy. If you want me to step in and give you this $400 million, then this is what you need to do. That's not quid pro quo, folks. That's extortion. That's what that is. So we just got to call it for what it is. He's a criminal. He's a thug. And shame on those 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 two Democrats who didn't decide that you know what right is right, but then even more so, uh, poor William Hurd. Uh, like I say, that's you know this guy is a joke, and you know we we can talk about the impeachment proceedings moving forward, but what's going to really count is America. You know when I hear some of these polls and it's like people saying well they tired of hearing about it, man I tell you that that's that's pretty sad right there. It's pretty sad, and then to think that. He's going to set back and allow his the, the people. I mean, you know, this this is this is the rule of law. This is Congress. This 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 is a hearing, and look how many times that he's just simply just defied that. I mean, that yep. that right there breaks down the fabric of everything that America was supposedly founded on. Okay, now now we're accustomed to the broken promises as African Americans. We're accustomed to the broken promises. But now everybody else is experiencing And you know what's happening even more so The mockery That happens is that This guy gets on there and he talks about You know that phone call was, was On the up and up it was on the level And it was a beautiful phone call And nothing happened and then In the same twist you've got Those individuals That's, that, that's his pundits that's out there Pushing for him that says well He told you what he, he, he was going to do He, 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 he asked the Ukrainian president, you know, to do the investigation. And they say it so vividly, like, okay, well, he wasn't lying. Yes, he, he, he lied about it, okay? 
He lied about him. Now, once he got caught, now it's like, you know what? He's this superhero because he just came straight out and said it where others wouldn't have said it. And hypocrisy to the max. Hmm. Interesting. You know, uh, you, you, you said uh, Heard. I didn't know Heard voted. I thought I thought Heard was uh, – I thought the only person that voted with the Democrats was uh, Justin Amish, the guy that was that used to be a Republican. Now he's an independent. So maybe that's something I, I didn't know. Uh, I know Heard two weeks no, ago Herd, was Herd, saying that uh, – yeah, yeah, did he? Okay, I didn't page, know. Yeah, what what Heard – If you go to my Facebook um, page, you'll see him. Yeah, yeah, it, it was, okay. it was okay. party line. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't sustain. Uh, he, he voted against the impeachment. Oh, he voted. Okay, yeah, yeah, I got you. Okay, I misunderstood what you said. Okay, 347-850-1272. Vanessa, let me uh, get you in here real quick. Then, Jerome, do we have a phone call? So your, your thoughts about this, what do you think? Forgive me, but, uh, and I listened to him, but what was the question? My thoughts about what? No, no question. What's your thoughts on this whole thing with with this? Uh, the hearings are going to begin this week. What, what do you think? You think this is going to? How do you see this? How? What? At the end of the day, do you think? Here's a question for you. Do you think they're going to impeach this guy? Do you think that he's going to be no. impeached? Okay. No. Okay. No, I don't. So, so even I so, think. even if the evidence is played out in front of the public. And it is pretty damning already what we know. You still think that Republicans are going to come back and say, well, you know what, nothing to see here. Let the American people decide. That's that line they use for Mayor Garner. Let the, let the American people decide, you know. And, you know, the American people, okay, whatever. But laws are laws or rules are rules. You know why, Jay? Because right now what? the youngsters are not paying any attention to this. Even the ones on my page have side messaged me from the job I used to work on because they respect my opinion on stuff, have side messaged me and said, Miss Vanessa, I'm going to come to you and find out who I need to vote for, for what and what's the reason. But right now I'm flying overtime for Christmas and I don't have time to pay any attention to this. So this is what they're saying to me. So if these one or two people that messaged me, well, actually it was like three, have messaged me and said this, can you imagine how many other folk are doing the same thing? So my thing is... Yeah. They're already saying, even my daughter's friends that are college-educated kids are saying, Miss Vanessa, Mr. Bible, we ain't listening to this until next year. Next year after the holidays, come and tell us what y'all think and why y'all think it. Because me and Bobby are studying talking to them about it at events that the kids are at. So, no, right yeah. now, I don't think that anybody really, I don't think the youngsters care, let's say that. And I think... I've had I've lost a couple of friends since this impeachment thing, Jay, because I don't understand why they're still backing him. But I've come to the conclusion, Jay, that everybody in America knows or have heard about what Trump has done. And if people don't take ten minutes and go to the polls and vote him out, then you know what? The America deserves what America gets. Because I'm, yeah, me, yeah. we can't, we we can't make people do anything, Jay. And we're blowing our brains up talking, and me and Les and other people are reposting, and we're making comments, and we're fighting the Republicans are fighting us on social media. But if these people, this is not my future, because I'm I'm over the halfway mark of my life. This is our ch- grandchildren's future. And if these children and these people that are grown can't go and take 10 minutes and go and push a button for a Democrat, you know what? Yeah. Then I feel sorry for them because this, this is not 
this really isn't my battle. This yeah, really isn't they, my they battle. Deserve, it's theirs. They deserve what they they deserve what they get. All right, we eating into Jerome. Well, Jerome, drop, man, give me your you thoughts get, on this whole thing, man. It's gonna drop. It's not gonna <laughs> pass. No, she's good. Yeah. No, go, go ahead, Jerome. Give me your thoughts here, man, real quick before we get to this phone call. Well, I, I just believe that um, you know they have to go through the process, so the House should impeach him. That's what he's afraid of. Let them impeach him. It is not going to turn out like the Republicans think. It's not going to be a shot in the arm. There's no way that you're going to, you know, believe that the people who supported him, after they see all of the evidence in these hearings, that they'll be like, no, he's still good people. So I think a lot more is going to come out, even with the Russian stuff, just by them having these hearings when they start bringing in witnesses. You're going to hear a lot more, and we haven't even probably heard the tip of the iceberg when it comes to that nonsense that he's done because it's just not that phone call. It's some other stuff that he did prior to that phone call that had him mm-hmm. extorting from a foreign, um, from, from an ally, actually. Yeah, yeah, I and, got a and they just released some more notes. Well, Jay, hold, quick, hold, hold, hold your thoughts. Go okay. ahead. Go ahead real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. What is it? Okay, real quick. So, Jay, because you posted questions to us, do you think that his uh, income tax, just follow with me, showing all of his business will get him more impeached by his own people because he's lying about where his money is coming from versus that phone call? Which one do you think, Jay, is more detrimental to Trump's future? I don't know, because, you know, I thought the fact that foreign dignitaries staying in his property, you know, I thought that would do it. I thought that the Mueller report would do it. Now, we, we didn't expect average Americans to follow the Mueller report in detail, but people who are in office, people who write bills that contain hundreds and hundreds of pages, they knew what they were looking at, and they're playing politics, and it's just like anything else. I don't know. I don't think anything's going to happen from this, me personally, because folks are playing politics. You know, even though, you know, Trump started off with a 95 Four percent approval rating in the Republican Party, then it went to eighty-seven percent. Now it's at seventy-four percent. So you know this stuff is resonating with his base, but I still don't think it's going to be enough to, you know, in order to force some of these uh, 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 elected members of Congress to to do the right thing. I mean, they may, you know, you hear people all the time saying if they held a secret vote, there would be thirty or thirty-five senators that would vote to impeach him. But you got to hide behind something because you want to stay in office. So what does that do? So are you really representing your constituents or are you representing yourself? Because you're supposed to do the right thing. At the end of the day, if it's going to cost you your job, then so be it. No one I always tell people, keep it simple, stupid. No one's going to do anything. You're not going to protect your boss if you work for a corporation and you do dang on well that your, your boss broke the law and there's a possibility of you going to jail. You're just not going to do it. But in this case, you're playing politics because you don't want to lose your job. Let's get out to the phone call. Mr. Ellis, who we have on the line, sir? Uh, Jay, we have, oh, wow. Bob, oh, my, Bob my from Dallas? Bob, yes. Don't worry Bob, about it. I got it. Hey, Dallas, good morning, yeah. Bob from Dallas. How are you, sir? Welcome to the serious side. What's on your mind? I'm good, and thank you for taking my call. I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the impeachment and why it's important that they move ahead, even though, we all know nothing's going to happen in the Senate. So the House is going to pass articles of impeachment. The Senate's going to have a trial, and he's going to get off. The important thing, though, is not the Senate trial as much as taking the, the evidence that's there and presenting that to 
the American public. There's a third of the country that's going to support Trump no matter what. There's a third of the country that's going to be against him no matter what. It's that middle third that's going to make the decision. And what you've got to do if you're against Donald Trump, and I don't support him, you have to make sure that there is a case out there to the American public that will drive people to the polls. You can't just say, oh, look, he's in violation of the emoluments clause, because I tell you what, most people couldn't tell you what emoluments even means. Oh, he did this with the Ukrainian guys, but everybody does politics, and that's just how politics work, and blah, blah, blah. You have to put something out there, and and I believe, and I think Jerome said it, there's stuff out there that's not been made public that is the smoking gun, if you will. Those things have got to be presented to the American people in a way that will drive them, that will that will anger them, that will uh, uh, basically flare up those emotions and get them to go to the polls and vote for a different candidate. Now, you guys talked earlier on about Warren and, and all those. I, I hope they don't – hope the Democrats don't pick Elizabeth Warren only because – uh, I, I think that that does play into Trump's basic plans uh, of being able to paint her as extremely far left. They need a candidate that is more centrist, progressive than you know, the Sanders and the uh, Warrens and, and that crowd. So uh, I am a, a libertarian, so I, I don't really have a dog in the hunt. Uh, my candidate's not going to win one way or the other. But I do, as an American, have a, obviously a, a vested interest in seeing that our country uh, escapes from this wannabe, despot, tyrannical rule that we're facing right now. And uh, But like I said, it, the important part is not the trial itself. He's not going to be convicted. The important part is to get that evidence out there in front of the American people in such a way that – that they see something that is beyond just, oh, that's just politics or, oh, that's just something I don't understand or, oh, income taxes, whatever. There has to, whatever that smoking gun is, and I'm sure it's out there, that's got to be the piece that, that drives the public to the polls, and that's how you're going to get rid of President Trump. Absolutely, man. Good stuff, man. Appreciate it. And Bob, thank you so much. And he gets the last word for this set. NPR News and Chatterbox coming up next. And on a neat basis, coming up soon after you listen to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show. We'll be right back after this. Support for this NPR podcast and the following message come from Nature's Way, maker of winter remedies like Sambuca's elderberry gummies. It's not just our way. It's Nature's Way. Learn more at naturesway.com. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders will rally supporters later today in Minnesota. Brian Bast of Minnesota Public Radio reports Sanders is expected to showcase an endorsement by a prominent Democrat. Minnesota Representative Ilhan Omar is among a trio of new progressive lawmakers in Congress supporting Sanders in the Democratic presidential contest. Sanders and Omar will take the stage together for a rally in a University of Minnesota campus arena. It's his second campaign appearance in the state in about two months. Minnesota Democrats resoundingly backed Sanders in his last bid for the Democratic nomination. The state had a caucus system in 2016, but it will hold an open primary next March that is expected to draw wider participation in a field that also features Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar. For NPR News, I'm Brian Baxt in St. Paul. 
Thousands of runners from around the world are gathering in New York City today for the 49th Annual Marathon. Sean Carlson from member station WNYC has more. Some 50,000 runners from all 50 states and 129 countries are expected to take part in the marathon. The 26.2-mile route winds through all five of New York City's boroughs, which will lead to streets and bridge closures throughout the day. Traffic could be particularly heavy this year. President Trump is in the city after attending an Ultimate Fighting Championship event at Madison Square Garden last night. He plans to leave New York this morning, which will trigger additional rolling street closures in Manhattan. For NPR News, I'm Sean Carlson in New York. I'm Windsor Johnson, and you're listening to NPR News from Washington. Back to you, folks. It's time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from the uh, world, our world famous chat room, and from social media. Mr. Elias, man, do you have anything for us this morning? Yeah, uh, Corvina man said all plans aren't good, and uh, random brain activity said O'Rourke might be a VP candidate if Warren wins the nomination. Um, and he <laughs> says, I hope not. And um, he said, and, and uh, Corvina man says our payroll tax will increase fifty percent. Uh, on our check if uh, Elizabeth Warren's uh, 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 plan goes through and the random, random brain activity said not only that the smallest they were talking about the uh, never mind they were talking about the uh, the uh, election so uh, never mind go ahead with yours Jeff all right, so I have a few. Pastor from uh, Texas always checks in with us. He said, it's always good to hear from President Obama, a true American and one of the best presidents this nation has ever had. Uh, Marianne Muses says, thank you, Mr. Elias, for the information because you know I was going to ask. And bonjour from wherever she is in the world. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Natasha from Plano, Texas. Uh, Natasha, I'm not going to read that. Zachary from Newport News. It is amazing no one... No one mentioned anything about Katie Hill, liberals being liberals. Oh, Zachary, we just don't have enough time in the day, sir. Let's see, Lizzie from Saginaw, Michigan. Uh, Americans need to ask themselves, do we want four more years of Trump or 12 years of Obama? The choice is clear. Okay. Rob from Dallas said Trump will never be impeached. This stunt is dividing the country. The commentator mentioned earlier the importance of talking to people on the ground and Americans don't want this. Stop this nonsense now. <laughs> Rob, please. And uh, here's one from no, we won't read that one either. Alright, it's time to get into uh you know what time it is for me. The first lady dazzles on election night in a tell me what do you want me to do. All right, folks, it is time for my favorite part of the show and yours, uh, an abbreviated version of On a Need to Know Basis uh, with our main man, Mr. Jerome Esprit. Man, I'm sorry, man, we dug into your, to your time, Jerome. Man, what do you have for us, sir? All right, you know, comedian John Weatherspoon dies at the age of 77. Yeah, yeah wow. his. That was Boy, that Huh? Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. Daddy, yeah. They got a coordinate. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, Friday, they said Friday he passed away at his home in um, Sherman Oaks, and they didn't announce the cause of death, but his wife, Angela, said that it was a shock. You know, um, John Witherspoon was born in Detroit, 1942, um, featured, uh, he had 
Okay, so he was in Vampire in Brooklyn and Hollywood Shuffle and Boomerang, I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, Soul Plane, Meteor Man, and a bunch of, a bunch of shows, right? The Wayans Brothers, the television shows. Mm-hmm. And my favorite, because the Boondocks is coming back, and yeah. he's not going to be there. Right? Yeah, right. Wow. They're in pre-production mm-hmm. for the last Friday of the Friday series, mm. and he's not going to be there. Wow. Wow. But, mm. And you know, you know, John Weatherspoon started out, I remember watching, he was on the Richard Pryor show. So yep. he, he was. Beside the the um, mainstream stuff that John Witherspoon has done, he has done a lot of work. So, you know, it was just shocked to everybody. You know, the um, Regina King, who plays, um, um, who's daughter. in the Boondock, right? So she daughter, said, yeah. yeah, my dad, my grandpa, my comedic inspiration, I love you, Spoons, is what she called him. She said, rest in paradise. And, um, you know, he paid, she played, both of his grandsons in the boondocks and also um jackie harry because he was on the the show on uh, bounce tv with her yeah, and she said that. i'm absolutely yeah. shattered at the news of my great friend john witherspoon passing passing may love surround your his entire family and fan base a comedy legend will never be forgotten so there's a lot of things uh, and there was stuff from the you know wayans brothers from ice cube he said life won't be as funny without him is what Ice Cube said, but um, yeah. John Weatherspoon is just an underrated icon for all of us. Yeah. So I wanted to spend the time on it to say, yes, you know, most lost John Weatherspoon. Yeah, 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 Jerome. And, and, and please let, and allow me to do this, man. I just got to do this for my man. I just got to. Agatha. Angela. Angela Lewis. Oh, what I Rest in peace, spoon. That was a thing. <laughs> Man. <laughs> All right, yeah. So you know, I, you know, it just brings back the flood of that whole movie, Boomerang. Yeah, <laughs> and, and 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 he was in um House Party, right? So yes, he was. Uh, no, I don't think he was in a House, party. house Party. So, I, don't, yeah. I don't remember him being in those, but you may be right. Oh yeah, he was. Uh, he oh, they were sleeping. He was the neighbor. Doing the party. He was, he was the neighbor. That's right. That's he right. He was in the apartment. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> and and even when I think there was one of the house parties where he was getting married, wasn't he one of the parents at the table? Wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't he? Yeah, I didn't watch either. They lost me. After yeah, the first, I think after he. The first one. <laughs> I yeah, I think it was in another one. Or the class act okay. or one of those. But but he he did a lot of work. Class act. So. Class act. Yeah. 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 So um yeah so you you oh by the way and John what's his name Conyers. He passed. Now, he yeah. was the congressman from Detroit, I think, right? Yep. yep. And, yep. Um, Detroit. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He recently passed as well, so want to make sure that we we say that. Um, he was one of the longest serving. And, and by the way, he was there doing a Nixon and Clinton impeachment. And, you know, if it wasn't for his scandal of him resigning, he would have been here doing this one. But, you know, he just yep. recently passed. Also the founder of the Black Caucus, right? Yeah. Congressional Black yep. Caucus. Congressional Black Caucus. So, yeah, yeah. We, need, we need to spend some time on that, but I'll have to do that next time. We don't have time. <laughs> I have a lot of time. So I just want to say that U.S. sales, which amounts to the biggest share of um, um, Amazon's, like, um, I guess, total revenue, fell 
um, to I think it's three point one three billion dollars from five point thirteen billion dollars early in the year. So wow. you know. Um, yeah. Two billion? Ouch. Yeah, I'm like that, that seems, yeah, that's a big number. All right, L one in five of um one in five in the U.S. speak foreign languages at home, according to the census. It's a record of 67.3 million people do not have conversations with their family in English, and the rate has tripled since 1980. The number of at-home foreign language speakers have tripled since the 1980s, and more than doubled since mm. the 1990s. Wow. So, yeah. So um, that whole speak English kind of thing is going to kick back in for the Trump people, I guess. All right. Now, Facebook has updated its guidelines banning posts on its site Instagram that uses commonly sexual emojis, including the eggplant, a peach, water drop, and (laughs) and they said that they want to end um, sexual solicitation. Now, since I don't know what a couple of those are, I am not. I'm going to skip this because we don't have a lot of time. But I would really like to go into that at some point. Now, the Federal Reserve <laughs> is set to cut its benchmark interest rate on Wednesday for the third time this year to help sustain mm-hmm. the U.S. economic expansion and, you know, in the face of widespread trade tensions and slower growth. So, since we are not growing as fast, they want to cut interest rates. And I think this mm-hmm. economy is being masked because it's going to crash bad. They're doing all of these other things to to curtail it. And since they had like a $1 trillion tax cut, they're not going to have enough cash to influx it when it does crash. So it's going to be bad if it does. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, I know we talked a little bit about the House impeachment stuff, but here's what happened this week. The, the House voted on an impeachment resolution. It wasn't a vote to impeach. So all this does is set up a path for impeachment hearings. It allows questioning by House Committee Staff Council, which means attorneys are going to be um, questioning the witnesses, and allows Republicans to call witnesses if approved by the House Committee so that they don't start calling, calling like Hunter Biden and stuff and all these frivolous people up. The House Committee does have to approve the witnesses that they want to, that they want to call. And it also requires Adam Schiff to write a report um, at the end of the hearing. So that's what it is. They voted on an impeachment resolution for the hearings and the rules that were set for them. Also, uh, a gang of newly released documents, and that's going to be a lot, from special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation have revealed that former White House strategist Steve Bannon raised questions about a vacation Jared Kirshner and Ivanka Trump took with a Russian billionaire during the 2016 campaign. So Bannon knew that Kirshner was on vacation off the coast of Croatia with a Russian billionaire when Bannon took over the campaign. So a summary of that investigation interview with Bannon read um, that the, the summary said that Kirshner was with Rupert Murdoch's ex-wife Wendy Dang and a Russian billionaire, an oligarch, and his Russian girlfriend, but doesn't name the Russian. So they know that they had some Croatian dealings with that in that conversation. And he said that Bannon was actually using that over the head of Kirshner. Those came out out in the Mueller documents. They released, um, I think it's, I think the number was, um, I 
think it was 400 and something pages or it was seven, 742, I think, 742 pages. Not just the, the actual Mueller report wasn't that much, but the report that they're releasing now, they're getting the, the follow-up information and the interview stuff out there now. But it shows yeah, that... Yeah, these are the notes from the report. These are the yeah, notes. notes. Oh, yep. yep. That aided that ate them. So a federal judge blocked the Trump administration's rule requiring immigrants to prove that they have health insurance or can pay for medical care before they get visas. So U.S. Justice Court Michael Simon in Portland, Oregon, granted a nationwide temporary restraining order Saturday to prevent the rule from going into effect on Sunday. He lost the game. Mm. Yep. Now, um, wow. convicted. Yep. Can, um, you know, convicted sex offender um, Jeffrey Epstein's body for signs of homicide by strangulation and not suicide, according to a leading forensic pathologist in a bombshell interview that Dr. Whoa. Michael Baden shared his conclusions about the conspiracy nature of Epstein's death after he was discovered in his cell on August 10th. The former New York City medical examiner was hired by Epstein's brother, shared the findings um, Chair, that the findings are more constant with a homicidal strangulation. So he described oh, wow. that two fractures on his um, left and right sides of his um, on his neck and around his um, Adam's apple. So he really? said that they left the, the bone. Yeah. Anyway, they think it's homicide. Okay, so we'll skip that. Now, um, First Lady Michelle Obama, I didn't say that in past tense, addressed the epidemic of racism uh, when she said that her family and other black families moved to the south side of Chicago in the 70s, and it was her first experience of white flight. Now, she said that her childhood, about her childhood and her life's work at the Obama Foundation Summit in Chicago on Tuesday, um, she has compared her experience to what immigrant families in America now face daily. And she said that she wanted to remind white people that they were running from us and that they're still running. And she added an artificial, <laughs> she added that artificial things like color of a person's skin and texture of their hair can divide the country. And she said her family was upstanding. Again, they both go a little too far with me by calming everybody's nerves, but they that was president and first lady, so they're speaking to everybody. But... The truth is that she was talking about white flight, and y'all had no reason to be scared of us, is what she said. Well, I'm gonna let she's that right from up here. We were there. Yeah. We were there. We know. Me and Ms. Elias yeah. firsthand. All right, man, we have time for two yeah. more, sir. Two more stories, man. All right. Michael Jackson topped Ford's list of the highest earning, earning um, celebrities who's passed away for the seventh straight year in a row. He made $16 million since October 2018. So Wow. His streams increased to $2.1 billion in the U.S. compared to, I'm sorry, if these are streams, $1.2 billion in the U.S. compared to $1.8 billion the year before. And of course, you know, everybody's selling his catalog. Now, next it was, um, I think it was Elvis Presley, who was way behind him with $21 million. Mike was $60 million. Elvis Presley was $21. Charles Schultz, the Peanuts guy. Um, was next, and then Arnold Palmer, Arnold Palmer, and then um, there's Bob Marley, who came in at about 20 million, and Dr. Seuss, Prince, and Nipsey Hussle 
made it at $11 million from his $1.8 billion stream made him the, the third highest earner in music alone. Whitney Houston came what in right after What does that say about us, man? What does that say about us? The Joker's making more money dead than we are alive. Get out of Dodge. Wow. No, that just says that those guys' music is going, getting filtered through somebody else and not them. <laughs> that yeah. means somebody knows how to market your butt when you die. They won't give you any, any marketing when you're alive, but when you die... The, the record company's going to overdrive. That's all that. Yeah, it is. <laughs> all right. All right, all right but we have time for one uh, more. Okay, my last one is, if you didn't see any of the World Series, only watch this part. The um, Washington National fans banned Trump <laughs> again when um, he, he was there. They, ba- they booed him. Then the next time that they played in Washington, they ran Trump re-election ads on the stadium um, Jumbotron on Game 7. And they still booed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <So, laughs> people are not, not to tell something. I love the look on his face when they was talking about And he was like, hey, hey, is they locked them up. Lock them up. <laughs> <laughs> he shut his butt down. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Lock him up. All right, man. Appreciate you as always. All right, it's time for final thoughts. And as usual, we're going to probably run a little over. So if you're listening, uh, on a social media page, whatever the case may be, you may want to drop in two eight one. Sorry, three. I'm about to give you my personal number three four seven eight five zero one two seven. So you can come in and listen to the final thoughts of our distinguished colleagues. If you're on the line, stay right where you are. And if you're listening in, uh, just on Apple, you know, iTunes or whatever, just you know, hey, continue to march. So it's time for our final thoughts. And the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Freeman, you're first today. Final thoughts. Yes, here's my final thought. I missed this in the news, but Georgetown University will seek voluntary um, contributions from alumni, faculty, students, and philanthropists to create a $400,000 annual fund to pay slave reparations for the descendants of slaves that were sold by the school in the 1800s. Georgetown University is going to pay reparations. That's all I got. Wow. Good for them. Good for them. All right, man, appreciate you. All right, man, the brother who I call my little bro, the educated brother himself, the one and only Mr. Johnny D. Man, final thoughts? Right. In, a, in an effort to, to show what true being a true American is, I, I want to give a shout-out to two Michaels. Uh, one is, is a probably a little-known brother by the name of Michael Atkinson, just doing some research on, you know, just who's doing good in America. Uh, he is a, a native of Denver, Colorado, and uh, this guy went from being a custodian within the Denver, Colorado school system to being a principal, a first-year principal. And uh, he said that he wanted to do that so nobody could write his story and be an inspiration to young African-American males. So shout-out to Michael Atkinson. And then a a, a more uh, known celebrity, Michael Jordan. Uh, Michael Jordan uh, just opened up a a family medical center in in Charlotte. where he donated $7 million, and this is for the underprivileged. So I know we had a show back this summer, and um, I wasn't too favorable to him. But like I said, I always like to acknowledge the truth, and the truth shall always set you free. So big shout-out to Michael Jordan for establishing uh, the the Michael Jordan Medical Family Health Center for individuals who are underprivileged and uninsured. 
good stuff, man. You know what? We need to get together, man. I'd like to maybe put a portion of the show where you acknowledge people. You can do that every Sunday, man. We can give you some time to do that. You know, Hawk shout-outs, looking at, uh, you know, just average contributions uh, to uh, to uh, what folks are doing. I mean, think about it, man, and let me know. I'd love to try to highlight that because we need to do more of that. We used to we used to do some things back in the day, man, but, you know, it's a lot going on. So let me know if that's something you want to do, man. Appreciate you shouting those two guys what sounds out. sounds good, definitely. By Absolutely. All right, man. Man, gets the first and last word here on the serious side. The one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Man, final thoughts. Look, folks, if you don't appreciate what you got going on in your lives right now and the elections, look, it's, it's coming up. Get out and vote. Like Vanessa said, get out and vote in your local election. Because that's, that's, that's way more important than the presidential election. You know, to me, because the local elections can, can decide what's going on in your city. So get out and vote, folks. Get out and vote. You don't vote, you don't have a voice. You know, every now and then on social media, people will challenge me and say, Jay, you know, the chatterbox section, you know, you never read our comments. You know, what type of show is this? You don't let the people speak. Well, I'll tell you what type of show it is. It's a show of these individuals that you hear every Sunday. And the bottom line is we can choose what content that we put out there or not. That's just the way it works, folks. I tell people all the time that you have all these Republicans and stuff listening to our show. You know, whatever, for whatever reasons, fine, I don't care. But at the end of the day, you don't dictate what we do or how we do it. If you don't like what we're saying, I say this every time we have this conversation, change the channel. Go somewhere else. You don't have to. You know, you have Sean Hannity. You have Rush Limbaugh. You have Fox News. You don't have to come here and spread your nonsense here. We don't care. Now, if you're coming here with an open mind, because, you know, debate is what makes this country strong. Like President Obama said, this country needs a two-party system, checks and balances. You know, we can't have everything for one party. One party can't control everything just like the other. There has to be compromise. That's what makes the world go round. But at the end of the day, if you're coming here open-minded, willing to listen to the other side and make decisions, hey, we welcome you. If you come in here to spew your hate or try to spew your ideas on us, guess what? Ain't happening here. So, hey, if I don't read your comments on there, and I know there's one guy, I'm not even going to mention his name, he's been commenting for the past eight months, I'm not reading anything you sent to me on the air. And you said some things that made sense, but it's just the principle of the thing, because if I give you that, then guess what you're going to want more. What Mr. Ellis, what did Eddie Murphy say? Give a joker a rope, you want to be a cowboy, Gus. Ain't happening on the serious side, ain't happening on the serious side. And on that note, Mr. Ellis, if it's Sunday, and we're talking serious stuff, Time is it, my friend. It's time for the serious side of the day. Wow. Show. Folks, I hope you get my message because I'm not going to read your stuff on the air. It's crazy. That's as simple as that. So for Vanessa, for my man Johnny D, for the smartest word in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree, and uh, my main man, Mr. Elias, I'm Jay Riles. And have a perfect and a great work weekend. Enjoy your Sunday. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. See you next week, folks. Take care. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 